ESPN Kansas City <laughs> Live Monday. Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth Advisors, helping you navigate your financial future. Hey, welcome to the Golf Underground. Here we are. We got all the crew in the house. I got my very handsome George Brett to my right. I've got my man Kevin Ward. We're going to talk about our guests a little bit later. We're going to spend an hour with you. And, of course, Wardo, you're back. Who? Jordo back. Jordo. Jordo. Jordo, Wardo, we got the whole crew. I've been again. filling in the host chair for you lately. I know. How'd you do Monday? Um, I don't know. Who was your guy? I, mean, Pete, we- I don't want to hear it. I know you're here in the audience Did now. <laughs> Frankly, I carried the show. Our guest was no good. Wardo was, <laughs> Wardo was bored throughout the whole thing. I, I did my best. This one right here. The yeah. per- professional amateur golfer right here, straight out of Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> Would you fill in? I've never heard somebody on a show talk about treats and snacks more than he did. Four <laughs> times mentioned. He likes to talk about eating. He's the new silver, the, the newest Silver Club member, too. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. he joined yeah. today. Oh, yes. well, we're going nice to we're gonna let you talk a little bit about the Silver Club. <laughs> now, now it, the reality is, is you were a fill-in guest because uh, you got canned. Your guest canned you. Your uh, guest canned if you. If Wyndham Clark is listening right now, we have a hit out for you because you <laughs> yeah. you absolutely brushed our show last yeah. minute to go on with Colt Nost on XM. So, yeah. Boger, we got to step up our pay grade. <laughs> so, we got sheeted for... XM Radio. Yeah, we'll screw him. All right, well, listen, hey, we're having a great time. <laughs> so so let's talk about our uh, next person in the room uh, drinking. A, what, what do you got in front of you right now? God, uh, it's it's clear liquid. It's a nice clear liquid. Yes, all right, so we're drinking. Well, let's, all right, we got to keep his integrity. So let, let uh, we're honored to introduce Steve Scott to the Golf Underground. He's a PGA head professional and a founder of as you mentioned, the Silver Club Society. The Silver Club Golfing Society, it's an invitation only. Do you take double-digit handicappers, by the way? Uh, 7.9 and better. We'll talk about that. Keep drinking your clear. We can discuss that. (laughs) Okay. It's a national golf society for people who are passionate about the game and seek competitive challenge at every turn with a membership that draws from across the U.S. and international so we, i want to learn a little bit more tell me what what is this uh this this crazy golf society this is like the templar or something from no. from the pope we, we are we are a th- first of all thank you so much for having me here this is my first trip to kc i mean we've we've got i mean i'm surrounded by royalty here so thank you and thank you all for being here live this is really cool for me personally uh yeah the, the silver club golfing society really is a is a competitive golfing society people who like to compete for club championships uh people who don't maybe like to rake the ball away from you know three feet downhill slider uh you know those people who sully's out yeah, sully is the out, out. yeah all right i hope you all enjoyed the program <laughs> I, I don't think you have any takers here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, but basically all it is, we, we, we go around the country. We play some of the country's greatest golf courses. We've had events this year at places like Quaker Ridge in New York, the Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio. I was just at Pasa Tiempo out in California, uh, great Alistair McKenzie. So basically anybody who likes to play great golf courses, likes to compete a little bit, sharing the camaraderie that golf is all about, that is what the Silver Club Golfing Society is, and that's that's why we're here. How many members you got? We're just over 100 now. This is our first year. Uh, we've launched. We've had about oh about nine events so far. Uh, a couple. Uh, we've got our Silver Club Championship uh, coming up in the next couple weeks at Champions Retreat, just outside of Augusta, Georgia. And uh, you know we've got a few Silver Club members in the house here. Members at Milburn Country Club, a gracious host for us today. Um, really cool. We're building a nice faction here in Kansas City. We've got a dozen in Atlanta. Uh, we've got members uh, growing up all around the country from 
you know, that are members uh, from great clubs in the New York area all the way out to California. So uh, we're, we're having fun building this thing up. And given my competitive background, uh, I, I couldn't think of a better way to bring the amateurs into the game and, and you know, share the love that I have for this game. That's awesome. Well, and I think it's important that um, beyond this, people understand that, you, I mean, you had a pretty kick-ass career early on, right? And let me give you a little bio here. Golf Week Magazine's number one ranked amateur in I was, the world. I was good once. I was good yeah, well, this is, I'm formalizing this. Well, today it was this. pretty good, too. I took a, Did you, you know, kick Wardo's ass? I took a few you dollars, me. you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't kick his ass. He played great. How much did you win from him today? A couple, cool, like, couple dollars. Oh, well, listen, you were the number one ranked amateur in the world. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, Wardo, were you ever the number one ranked amateur in the world? No, I got to 2,120th. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best. All right, well, listen, let's, we got to go back because a lot of folks in the room um, uh, certainly may, may, maybe have heard your names if they know amateur golf, but um, you knew we had to take you back to 1996, the U.S. amateur. You had a very... Important match with the one and only Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> and so um, tell us about the lead up, right? Uh, what, how did you get so good to get to the point where you would be playing Tiger on the last day on his third <laughs> U.S. Am? Because, I mean, that was, that's a pretty big story in itself. Well, look, uh, I've, I've been blessed with some, with some God-given talent, and I showed Wardo that today. And, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, it, it really Let's play it was, again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, the 1995 U.S. Amateur was at Newport Country Club. And I, as an 18-year-old, just out of high school, made it to the semifinals. So uh end up losing to the 19th hole to Buddy Marucci, who ended up getting to the finals against Tiger and yada, yada, yada. And Tiger obviously won. Yeah. So uh, that year, uh, making it to the semifinals got me exempt to the next year in 96. So, so I go out and I'm, I'm pretty pumped up. I had a nice year in 96, uh, finished runner up basically in every, uh, many amateur events. So the top amateur events, like the Northeast, the sunny Hannah didn't crack a win. And so I get to this U.S. amateur. I'm feeling pretty good. And I get out there the first day in the stroke play. There's two days of stroke play before the top 64 breakdown of match play. And I get out there and, and I shoot 79. And I shoot 79. Well, it, it might be good today, but it wouldn't it wouldn't have been good enough at the U.S. Amateur back then. That's good for Sully. It's really good. <laughs> oh my God. I, shoot that I win like 35 nine, bucks if I do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I get out there. I shoot 79. I'm like in 250th place out of 312 players going into the second day. I'm making my plane flights home. I'm cooked. My goose is cooked. And so I get out there the next day, and I've got an afternoon tea time, and I don't know. It was one of those things I got out there and, and, and I, I hit about 15, 20 balls in the range and I felt this great move in my swing. I'm like, I got it. I'm not hitting one more ball. And my putter was, was I don't know, I hit a couple putts and I started making a few putts. I'm like, this is good. I'm going to the tee. I go out there and shoot 500 par 66 on the, on the other golf course and make it in by one shot. So 79, 66, pretty <laughs> 13 shot difference in one day. And get out there and 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 uh, I make the match play by one shot. And then from there on, my putter was money. Uh, I ended up. I went to 19 holes in my very first match. Uh, end up winning that. Made like a 12 footer. Won the next few like three and two. So I get to the semifinal match. And when you get to the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur, which I was the year before, you're really nervous because there's one carrot dangling at the end of that match. You know what it is? Masters. The Masters. Masters. Oh. You get to play in the Masters oh. if you make the finals. And so the year before, I was I was pretty nervous. 
And I was pretty nervous going to that year before. Everything in my mind moved very quickly. It was a, it was a nerve-wracking moment. So I get there in the second, the, the, the next year, 96, and I'm actually playing my teammate, Robert Floyd, son of Raymond Floyd, famous major champion. And I get out there, and we're, we're tied through a bunch of holes. I end up winning the last three holes to win three and two in the match. I chip in on the last hole for like a bogey. It was a pretty disgusting. It was a pillow fight on that last hole. And, and we, uh, so I end up, and then, so the next thing I know, I'm playing Tiger Woods in the finals of the U.S. Amateur. Unbelievable. And, you know, really, I mean, before the match, I mean, he, he said, if I can beat Steve Scott, I'm ready to go and dominate the world. And, you know. Who the hell is Steve Scott? I, Exactly. That's exactly that the guy what that he shot said. a 75 Listen, today. Phil Knight from Nike had the $40 million check ready to just have him get handed right over. So I got to ask, everybody wants to know about the Tiger Woods deal, but in match play, anything can happen. As, as we know, this gray-haired baseball over here beat Wardo. Last year, the year before, blonde. 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 Yeah, you and it's Trump. a very blonde. dirty blonde. Okay, so what what stuck out to me in that uh, that story was in the first round, you go 19 holes and almost lose. I mean, you're a whisker away from not playing beyond the first round. In looking back, I mean, it's got to feel like you, this whole story we're about to tell. You almost missed out on the whole thing, losing to some guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about the first match. <laughs> Just tell me about like getting through that and what that does in match play. Getting through the matches all the way to Tiger? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So a win is a win, right? Yeah. I mean, the US Amateur is the biggest amateur competition in the United States, probably the world. I mean, it's it's one that's you know, if you play well in that, you get the most notoriety of uh, out of any event, bar none, way more than uh, the Western Amateur, which I end up winning a few years later. And you know, it's it Humble is, brag. <laughs> that, was, that was a nice sneak in there on the Western Amp. Yeah, you like that? So, so, <laughs> so the, so yeah. I mean, it's it is the event if you're going to win something, you know. And, and so it just happened to be, well, oh, okay. I'm playing on national television. Well, oh, back up. Excuse me. So, so you're in match play, and you're right. Anything can absolutely happen in match play. One putt, one which way. The other guy makes a miracle shot. Next thing you know. You're, you're going home. Did you have any miracle shots in the rounds leading up that helped kind of get you through some <laughs> oh, matches? Oh, yeah, lots of miracles. Is there shots. some guy telling this story in a bar in Youngstown, Ohio, that's like, Steve Scott beat me on this lucky? Lots of, lots of miracle <laughs> shots. Uh, I think the, the biggest one, I played a guy uh, who played in a play in the Champions Tour from Minnesota, a guy named John Harris. He played the, uh, the Champions Tour. Great amateur player, won the U.S. Amateur a couple of years before I played him. He won, I think, early 90s, mid-90s. And so I get out there in the second round, and I end up beating him three and two. The 14th hole is a reachable par five, and I hit it long right of the green, almost in this penalty area. Well, now you have to call it penalty area. It was a hazard back then. And You're in a safe space. You can call it whatever you okay, want. Okay, we're, we're in a comfy <laughs> space. Um, so, so I have this shot. It's a third shot on a par five. I'm like pin high, but this pin is way on the other side of the green. And, but there's this tree that formed a Y, like right off the side of the green. Oh boy! And the only shot I had, if I wanted to do anything, <laughs> I had to make a field goal, like up through the branches of this y, of this tree. And so I hit. I'm probably 30 yards from the hole, and I hit this little flop right through the branches onto the green, over the hill, down the hill, boom! Right in the hole, make eagle. Oh god! 
So as and, nice a guy as you are, we've and, identified the one guy that hates you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess. That, that, was, that was a pretty miracle shot. Uh, and uh, so I ended up winning the last couple holes and won three and two in that match. Uh, yeah, there's all, um, uh, my, my quarterfinal match, I actually got a little revenge against Buddy Marucci, who I played in the yeah, semifinals the year before. Buddy yeah. Marucci. It's a fantastic Buddy Marucci. Is he in the mob? Buddy Marucci. Isn't his name all over Pine Valley or Seminole? Which one? All of them, yes. All of them. Yeah, I've actually heard of him. Marion, too. Oh, yes, everywhere. Yeah, great car dealer from the Philadelphia area. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. All right, well, listen. Hey, I want to play a video. All right, we're going to play a short video that takes you to that moment. The year 1996. Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club outside Portland, Oregon. The finals of the U.S. Amateur Championship. The questions being asked each and every day leading up to the event, during the event, trying to do something that no one's ever done in the history of the game with three straight amateurs. Jack never did it. Jay Siegel never did it. Bobby Jones never did it. No one's ever won three in a row. Trying to you know, create history, it's tough. Steve Scott, nice kid from Florida. Uh, hit a nice kind of sweeping draw that he seemed to have pretty good control of. As far as pedigree, just not in the same class. Yeah, I, I knew of Scott. I don't think I've ever played with him, but I, I knew he had a, um, a very funky swing and a funky stroke, but made everything. <laughs> He's telling you right about the stroke. He should see it now. Oh, no, it was perfectly supposed to stop. That's, that's, that's all we wanted to get out there right now. All right. No, but this had to freak you out a little bit. Holy crap, you're showing up, and now it's game day, and you're playing against Tiger, who barely knows you. Thinks you have a funky swing. I don't care. You didn't give a damn, right? No. no. All well, right, so so we're, we're walking down the first hole of the match, and for the very first time, it's 7.15 in the morning, and we got this monumental match, and it is, and I know it's even more monumental because we have 15,000 people watching us. There's a 425-yard par four, the first hole at, at Pumpkin Ridge on the Witch Hollow side, and the whole entire hole is lined with people at 7:15 in the morning. You think some would be at church? No, they're at this match, and and so we're walking down. We both hit our tee shots down there, and Tiger's about 15 yards ahead of me, and I turned to my my girlfriend Christy at the time, now my wife of 20 years. Thank you very much, boy, and. Uh, and I said, I said, this guy doesn't have a sports psychologist. Jay Bruns a caddying for him. I'm gonna crush this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I and I, I was crushed him for 37 holes, and he crushed me a little bit on that 38. Uh, oh, oh, we're it. gonna tell the story. Yeah. Don't worry about but that. Anyway, right. but it was, but yeah, that that match. I mean, to be able to play in that match, obviously, the older I get, the better the match gets. Yeah. But it was it was a oh, it yeah. was a it oh, was yeah. a great match. Yeah. I mean, right, it was one of those matches for the ages. So he's flexing on you about having a funky stroke or a funky swing or whatever. <laughs> I mean, what's your take? Tiger had a very awkward, inefficient move, right? Yeah, he, he had. <laughs> he, his he was very inefficient in the fashion sense. That's for sure. A lot of. I mean, back he went. Then. At least he went from the straw hat back in '94 <laughs> to something reasonable in '96. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Nike fixed that, but uh, but yeah, his his fashion sense no good. How much did Massimo pay to wear that hat? It wasn't Massimo. Oh, I thought it was. It was this, another surf company called Pernici. Tom Pernice Jr., uh, his brother and him, they were involved in a... Uh, I don't know. The hat just fit me well. I got a small nugget. And the thing just... 
the thing fit me really well, and uh, it just, you know, super, kind of superstition. So I just kept with it. I love it. All right, All right. listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to dive into that first 18 holes where you were completely kicking his ass. <laughs> All right? So, hey, come on back. You're on the Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Recap before we went to the break. We talked about how it was 1996. You're at Pumpkin Ridge. You, um, you, you kicked a lot of people's asses. You get to the point where um, now you're playing Tiger. And tell us a little bit about the front, the, the, the first 18, because um, something pretty big happened. Take us there. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I was beating him pretty bad. That's what big happened. I shot, you know, if it was stroke play, I shot the I shot about 68, and he shot the equivalent of about 76. Made uh, I, So I'm five up after 18 holes, okay? And, and if you're five up after 18 holes, and somebody says, you're going to shoot two under par in the afternoon and lose, you're going to say, Yep, hold that thought. <laughs> Here's what they say about it. Before they played uh, any shots on that final round of the US Amateur, I would have given Steve Scott 0.0 chance of winning that match. 19-year-old Steve Scott was cool and steady in the morning 18. The birdie at the par 5 fourth produced an early two-up lead. strokes make putt. <laughs> but Scott wasn't following the script. When viewers tuned in to the final 18 of the head-to-head, -head, he was five up. The all but up from nothing Scott just another kid in a cap and collared shirt hadn't just tweaked the storyline, trashed it altogether, playing circles around Woods in the early goings. I got my butt kicked. I really did. I, I didn't what is that play gloss he has that on? well. And then the times that I did play well, he played better. Everybody looked at each other and said, wait a second, Steve Scott is beating Tiger Woods? This wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Hey, give him a big round of applause to get to that point. Come on. Unbelievable. I mean, you had to be you had to be freaking out a little bit. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, look, he he came out flat. I came out. I was I, I played really solidly. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's it's the most nervous you could ever be playing golf. And you know national NBC national television is is watching this uh, and and you're playing Tiger Woods, he's going for history. Nobody's ever won three U.S. Amateurs in a row, and I was the only guy to stop him. And, yeah, lo and behold, so I'm five up, and we've got about an hour and a half break in between the first 18 and the second 18 for TV coverage to kind of kick in. We're on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon. And, and so, you know, I'm playing really well. I don't need to hit a lot of balls. I don't need to do a lot of that. And and but Tiger, he is reeling. He needs all the help from all his team, right? I mean, I guess you could probably say he was the last pro to win the U.S. Amateur, right? Because he had Butch Harmon, he had Jay Brunza, he had the whole team. I had my girlfriend, and you know what my girlfriend and I did? We went shopping. No. So we went at the break. So so we're like, you know, we probably need something to remember the week by. And so we so went. You went shopping where? In the local pro shop, or did you go to the mall? We, we went. We didn't go to the mall. We stayed on site. Went to the merchandise tent. Got a U.S. Amateur shirt and a hat and the whole thing. And and uh, you know we had all this time to kill. I didn't want to uh, try. To, she was really good, and she still is. It taken my mind off. She still caddies for me. She caddied for me this year at the Wyndham Championship on the PGA Tour, and and uh, she's you know she caddied for me in the RBC Heritage the year before, and uh, where I play in the Carolina section, but. We're not Chris big on Wyndham right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, so so basically, you know, she's always been great in kind of distracting me. And at that time, it was the, it was a great distraction. You know, we went and we kind of we got our minds off of the what was happening 
that time. And, you know, there wasn't social media. There wasn't anything like that. And, you know, she ended up calling her family. Hey, hey, Steve's five up. You know, he's winning. And <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, it wasn't on. The first 18 wasn't on. It wasn't on. So we had to wait. The suspense was killing everybody. So it came on about the fifth or sixth hole in the afternoon. And, and uh, yeah, he, he kind of he blitzed me a little bit in that first five, six holes. Flagged a couple, and uh, you know he turned the he turned the corner pretty quick. When did you know you were in trouble? I, I didn't think I was ever in trouble. You know how many? I, how I, much did you lose by? I, I won down on the thirty eighth hole. No, oh. Though he'd lost his momentum, Scott still had something crucial at his side. Make that someone, his caddy and girlfriend Christy Hummel. And she is an incredible caddy. She's got such a good attitude. I think Christy kept Steve kind of calm out there. He just told me that my job was to keep him focused on his game. She is just such a good influence. I'd like to have her caddy for me. And I don't even play. <laughs> Johnny Miller's nuts of destiny. Steve Scott and girlfriend yeah. Christy Hummel. And, hey, big round of applause for his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, John, cool. did Johnny Miller ever approach her like after the deal? No, yeah, but, like Joe but Namath, but but Tiger and a caddy did try to get her number all day, and I wouldn't let her. I wouldn't let him. Uh, really? No. All right, so tell me, is that what? <laughs> he had his own. Was this? He the did be... get everybody else's number after that, but uh, hold on, was I... this the beginning of Tiger's infidelities right here? <laughs> Alleged. Do tell. Do tell. Alleged. It, it could have been. He does like blondes, so I I blocked that real quick. <laughs> all right, no, but uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that, um, because I, Johnny Miller was excited but a lot of people thought that was pretty cool right because everyone knew tiger was this big brand and you had this young fella and his little girlfriend right yeah it was it was a it was a pretty large dichotomy right it was just Total. i mean the the polar opposites really and and you know what what we what we did really was it was it was pretty remarkable looking back and and you know he had this team and you know for me i didn't have this swing coach i didn't have you know, I had, a, I had a teacher from the ages of about 11 to 14. And at this time, when I'm 18 years old or 19 at the time, didn't have a teacher. You know, I kind of, I, I was just kind of all heart and guts. And, you know, I had a great putter. And I, you know, I beat people with, with all of that. My strategy. Funky stroke. And a funky stroke, I guess, right? So, uh, but, you know, it, it was What did just, you talk about while this was happening? During the match? Yep, you too. I don't know. I just kept saying, you know, I'm going to crush this guy. You know, like, like, you know, it was it was a pressure match. It was one of those moments, and we've all had it where, you know, we're in a pressure match where it's a club championship, whether it's trying to qualify for, you know, whatever the case is, and you're nervous. But for me, I was really nervous. I was as nervous as I could be, but it didn't affect me at all. Like my my focus was so good and so sharp. I mean, this is the think about the U.S. Amateur. The U.S. Amateur is a seven day long tournament. You have two days of stroke play. And five days of match play, one of the days where you play 36 holes. And, and actually, the finals, you also play 36. So there's a lot of golf. And so you're totally into the tournament atmosphere and your routine and all that. And, and really, my confidence was so high, I didn't care if I was playing the Incredible Hulk. Like, it didn't matter. I mean, I'm playing Tiger Woods. He's this great player going for history. But, you know, I play my game. And if he plays his... And I feel like I'm a better putter than he was, and great putters win in match play. And, you know, damn it, I almost did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. So uh, let's let's go to the famous back 18. So you were five up. 
you're still feeling pretty good about this. And, and you had to know Tiger at some point was going to come at you, right? Yeah. But you were, you, were, you were a little bit of a pillow fight, as you talked about, until he got later in the match. He started chipping away a little bit, right? Yeah, the, the, the 27th hole of the match, I guess the ninth hole in the afternoon, I, I mean, he brought it all the way. I was two up. I had actually a putt on the previous hole to go three up that I missed from short range, unfortunately. And, and so he goes up there, and he wins the 27th hole. He bombs drive way down there, and, and he makes a, a great birdie from about 15 feet. And so I'm, I'm only one up going into the last nine. And it, it's, it's a, it, it, things are really turning. And I'm like, okay, this is Tiger Woods. Like, this is what he's done. I knew it was coming. I'm going to have to bring my, my A game on the back nine, which I did. I came back. I played really well. And so I get to that, we get to the 10th hole, the 28th hole of the match. And I miss the green to the right. And he's about 35 feet long left on a par three. And, and uh, so I have this uphill shot and, and it's a it's a flop shot. I basically greens run away from me, short side of myself. I only had one shot, and I hit this flop shot, and I flopped it high, boom, goes in right in the hole. And you know it was a it, it was a huge turning point in the match where he wins nine or twenty seven. I win twenty eight, and then we come to twenty nine. It's a par five, and he hits this miracle towering shot through these pines. Uh, ball lands on the on a rock hard green as hard as this table. You know, like it was a wedge on a soft green with like a six iron. And I'm up there, and I hit it near the green in two, and he's got a putt for eagle. I chip up to like three feet. I've got a pretty easy putt for birdie. And he's got this putt. It's like a 40-footer. And about halfway through the putt, it goes up this rise and down, and it breaks like three feet left to right. I mean, it's a putt where you could three putt. Which hole was this? Half the time. It's the it's the 20, 29th hole of the match, the 11th hole in the afternoon. Yep. And, and I'm up there, gimme for birdie, basically. And, and he gets up there, and, and, he, and he gets up there, and he holds this putt, and he gives it the full fist pump treatment, and I want to just run over there and deck him, but I can't because it's golf. And maybe baseball, I could have done it, run over the guy. But, uh, but, yeah, it was just this epic back and forth. And, the, I mean, the, this, this three-hole stretch was just – Spectacular. Unbelievable. All right, so we're going to take a commercial break and a, uh, a vodka break. And when we come back, you're going you're gonna to take us to the later holes because the story gets really good. And something you did, that's a little controversial. <laughs> okay. All right, so, so uh, what do you think? He paid a guy to drive a Volkswagen. Scott? George, what do you think of it? Huh? This wasn't Happy Gilmore. I mean, I didn't, you know. What a man. <laughs> run over with a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, quick All right, break. So, hey, come on back. You're on the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. It's a straight golf clap. Straight golf clap. Hey, welcome back. Golf Underground. Here we are. Uh, hey, we're not allowed to say where we are this, this week again. No, we are. Milburn Golf and Country Club. Milburn Golf and Country Club here in the heartland, Kansas City. Right? Isn't that nice? We're able to say it. We weren't able to say where we were last time. We picked up a new sponsor during the break. We did. We did. Farmers Insurance. Would you you stop listening to things over there? All right. Well, listen again. Welcome back. Huh? He paid me 60 bucks in the bathroom. I'd pimp him Whoa. On the radio. Whoa. <laughs> that's the underground right I there. Heard that's, that's not the all he did. Yeah, that's in the a back different room. underground. We ain't talking about that. Another 40 yeah. bucks yeah. or something else. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, listen, hey, we are with, we are with Steve Scott, and the story that we, that we were telling leading up to this was uh, the 1996 U.S. Amateur final match against Tiger Woods. And by the way, you're, you have a life outside of this, so we'll, we'll get to that. This is just the most interesting part of it, right? Um, it, it pretty much is downhill after this. All right, so a brief recap. You, you, you beat a lot of guys to get to that first 18. The first 18, you happen to be um, five up on um, who will become history's greatest golfer. You, get, uh, you do a little shopping there at the halftime. You pick up some nice garb. You get to the next tee box. Next thing you know, nine holes later, it's getting, holy crap, I'm in a little bit of a fight. Right. Yeah. Then you, you you just mentioned a story that Tiger dropped an eagle on you. You dropped the birdie. So yep. um, we're gonna play this story because something happened on the what hole was it? Thirty fourth hole of the match. Sixteenth hole. Two up with three holes to two play. Two up. All right. So let's uh, let's play it. If I made a birdie, he'd make a birdie. If I made a bogey, he'd make a par. Um, it, it was just I could never get anything going. But on the very next hole, a long par five. A driver and a five iron left Tiger with this. Eagle, fist pump, back to within one. On they battled to a climactic moment on the 16th hole. I did forget. For him to do that was, was pretty remarkable. Ever since that one moment, I always mark my, my marker heads up. And if I ever move my coin, somebody asks me to move it, I always move it to tails. Uh, so that when I look down at my ball, and if it's showing tails, that means I, I moved it. That's true sportsmanship, a testament to what the game of golf is all about. All right, so 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 tell us this story. What is he talking about, so Mr. He, Scott? So thirty fourth hole of the match, and and even looking, I so I win two holes before on the thirty second hole to go two up, and so we get to the sixteenth hole, thirty fourth hole of the match, and. And every time I watch this match, I still think I'm going to win this damn match because I've got the momentum and I've got, everything's going my way. And so we get up there, and he outdrives me by about 60 yards like he did when we both hit driver. And you know, he hit a 340, and I hit a 280 or whatever. And, and we got a back right pin on, on 16, and everything, just like you heard before, I only hit a draw. My ball never went left or right. If it went left or right, it was a block, and I missed the green or something. And so, so I get up there, and I hit my six iron in the right bunker. And he has a wedge, and one hops in the short cutter rough, spins back down the hill to about six feet, okay? And so I'm like, oh, well, this guy's going to probably make a birdie. I better at least make par. I got to get up and down to force him to make the putt. So I get up there, and I hit my, my sand shot. Not the greatest sand shot, about 10 feet past the hole. And his marker is right in my line. And like you would any day at Milburn or Kansas City Country Club or anywhere you play, you, you say, hey, slide that over one. So I asked Tiger to slide it over one, so he did. And I get up there, and, and you know, I've got a nervous putt. i got to make this putt to force him to make birdie to win the hole outright. And I hold this putt, you know, really happy. I mean, it's a huge moment in the match. And because if he misses this, I'm two up with two to play. And, you know, like, I might win the U.S. Amateur. And, and so I make this putt. I'm pretty elated. I'm walking off the green, and out of the corner of my eye, I see Tiger kind of in his crouch, and he's lining up the, the mark on his ball. And I sensed that there just wasn't enough time that passed in that second that, that he actually moved his mark over and then did it. And I said, I just turned my head. It was a reflex action, totally. And, and I said, hey, did you move that back? And without saying a word, he, he had to stand up, move his marker back, one putter head over. And if anybody knows the rules of match play, if you play from the wrong spot in a match, Lost you the lose the hole. And I would have won the match three and two. Oh, 
And, but, oh. but, oh, I know. I, f- <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You Coming from the, the pine tar specialist himself, right? I have ever heard of. <laughs> Our pine tar buddy over here might not be an Eldrick Woods fan. I'm just going to leave it there. So, so, <laughs> I mean, the club pro guy even called me the biggest bonehead out there, you know, but that's all right. I'm still here. I'm, I'm still kicking. So, so, he did. Anyway. So, when you made the putt. Yeah. Before you told him yep. to move his ball back, did you fist pump him back? <laughs> or did you just walk off? Like, I just walked off, you, you know, did, like you I've done this before. Bump. Yeah. And, and, uh, which I did. And, and yeah, you know, I, it was just, look, it was one of those things that, that and this, this is a story I've told a, a thousand times, and here's a thousand and one. And this is the reason why golf is so great. This is the reason why we are all in this room tonight. This is the reason why I'm the founder of the Silver Club Golfing Society. This is the reason why we're all involved with this game. It's because of moments like that. Every sport you play, there's a referee or an umpire or whatever the case is, you know, throwing a flag, blowing a whistle, doing something. In golf, we help ourselves. We, we, we call penalties on ourselves if the ball moves in the rough. Uh, if, and we help our opponents sometimes. <laughs> But, but the point is, is that golf is great because of that right there. You do the right thing. And this is the thing I, I teach my kids. I teach, you know, when I do speaking engagements for junior golfers and, you know, for, for groups like this. This is why we play the game. This is the essence of golf. And this is why golf is awesome because of moments like that. And, and it's, the, it's the spirit of the game. It's one of the first pages in the rule book. Talks about the spirit of the game. And that's why we do it. Right there. Well Give said. A big round of applause. I love that. I love that. We might kind of like the Houston Astros right now, right? <laughs> so, how many, at that point in the we match. We could go down the line. At that point in the match, when you tell him to move his mark back, how many other petty rules and fractions had Tiger made throughout the day? <laughs> To where, like, you just had enough. <laughs> Let's see. He grounded his club in the bunker on 17. He, uh... Was he, he noodling he looked, it in the he, he, he looked at... He, yeah, he was fluffing the ball on yeah. the 33rd hole. Didn't call it. Clown sauce. You know, but, you know... And that's why Tiger is Tiger, right? He, he you know, people look the other way. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah, he well, was, this is how it ended. Oh, thanks for reminding me. On the 17th hole, down one. Tiger Woods got busy being Tiger Woods. Better than most. Looks good. Great Miss speed. It. It's oh. in. Are you serious? That, that could have lived out. I was yeah. just fired up because now the match is all square. Tiger Woods, you know, in the clutch, turns into Superman. He just reasserts himself, reminds everybody that when the pressure is on and he's facing a, a must-make putt, He's going to make that putt, and then he makes it, and it's just a blur of uppercuts. Golf, golf magazine the editor. I battled down from five down to force it into a you know 36th hole. <laughs> and then we get to the we get the next two holes. Yeah, yeah, 36 hole of the match. Uh, it's a reachable par five. He's definitely got the advantage. I can reach it too, and and. 
I end up hitting about 80 yards short of the green. He just missed the green left. I Basically, long story short, I had to hold a five-footer on that 36th hole to go to extra holes. Oh. It was wow. the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Oh. I mean, this this putt, this shot, if I missed this five-footer, luckily it was pretty straight up the hill. And, and you know, it was crazy. If you, if you ever go back to the match, and you probably don't, I can't cue it up there right now, but on the putt that I had to send it in extra holes, there was a there was a baby or some sort. Somebody was crying in the background, like right in my backstroke. Stupid baby. Yeah, something something happened. Something happened. That was your inner self. But but what it was the, your girlfriend? Please don't miss it. A lot of money on this one. No. The, the, what was it, what's, what was so cool about that is because, like I mentioned before, this event is seven days long, right? So when you're in that final match in the very final hole, you've done your pre-shot routine like 1,500 times, it seems like. You've done it so many times where it's like autopilot, right? You get up there and you kind of don't even know that you're gone through it, but it's this, this internal clock that you have, and... And I got up there, and it was just like I had a couple waggles with my feet. And consciously, I actually heard this, this noise in the background, but subcon my subconscious hit the putt. And it was the most pure stroke I made. I buried it right in the middle, and we went to the 37th hole. And for sure, that was the first, like, must make to extend the match that you'd hit all day. Tiger yeah, probably yeah, hit the, a few. The, the stupidest thing is when you're five up, you expect, like, at least more than one putt to win the match. Like, right. I didn't even have a putt in regulation to even win the match. Ugh. I had it. The only putt I had was on the 37th hole of the match. Some events in life come down to fate. All square after 36, Scott and Woods went to a sudden-death playoff. I think she's she's been uh, literally his 15th club, I can tell you that. <laughs> I could Shocking. feel his momentum going down. I felt like I could step in and try to bring him back up and just remember going down the 18th hole and saying, you're the man, you're the man, you're going to do this. And I put the heat on him and he didn't back off. Damn right. Which was great because he gave me more confidence that I, I earned it. He never folded. He never, he never played poorly. Uh, I believe he shot either even par or one under par in that final. Uh, Two under. Afternoon. <laughs> uh, well, give him a nice round of applause for this. <laughs> but who's counting, right? So what happened? What happened on the 37th hole? Well, I had a, we both hit it. So, so. You made, you made a five footer? That was the 36th okay. hole. So his 37th hole was a par four. It had bunkers kind of in the middle of the fairway. And for every match, I basically laid up short of the bunkers to have the widest part of the fairway. But I had like five iron to the green from 200 yards. And he was able to fly it over 300 yards over these bunkers and have wedge. And so think about it. So I've got a five iron, and he's got a wedge. And I hit my five iron inside his pitching wedge on the 37th hole. I hit about 15 feet, and he was about 20 feet. And he misses his putt. And like I mentioned before, this is the only putt I have to win the match. I've got a 15-footer pretty straight in, but I'm freaking nervous. Oh, why? Like, 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 you know, like crazy nervous. You know, the hands are shaking a little bit, which probably led me to the yips, which led me to the crazy putting stroke I used. But that's a whole other story. That's the, that's the gator cloth. The gate, Anyone the, wants to yeah, adopt it. Yeah. Find them after the show. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But basically, I have this putt. And it's like I'm focused, and and but 
it, it just it didn't work out. I missed just a little right of the hole, and and so we go to the next hole. He's got the honor. Hits it about six feet. This beautiful high towering. This guy hit the ball higher than the clouds. I mean, hit it as high as anybody who's ever hit a golf ball, and landed it on a, again a rock hard green like it was nothing. I missed the green to the right again, kind of like I did before, but when I hold the flop shot, and uh, I end up chipping up, just rolled past the hole, and 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 here and so we're both about seven feet from the hole. Tiger Woods is so perceptive; his eyes are so freaking good, and so we're both about seven feet from the hole. And the USGA official comes over, needs to come over to tell us who's away because it's that close, and he goes, "Steve, you're away," and Tiger goes, "Are you sure?" And so he got the string out, did the whole string, and Tiger's ball was outside mine by about a half an inch. Mm. I mean, like literally barely outside. And so he ended up putting first. It was a fast putt. He kind of lagged it down there. Got just He missed the putt. I thought he was going to make it. Just got past the hole. And I unfortunately lipped my, my par putt out, and he tapped oh. in, and he won the match. And you know what the crazy thing about golf is, though? Is that it, you know? I win that match. I knock the whole universe stars out of alignment, right? Like like Tiger Woods. <laughs> he was probably meant, doesn't win eighty two. He was meant to do what he has done, and he you know he'll beat Sam Snee's record soon. If he beats Jack Nicklaus's major record, it wouldn't shock me. Maybe unlikely. You could argue that, but but probably it probably will happen. Yeah. And and th- this guy he flips a switch better than anybody who's ever played the game. At his greatest, he was better than Jack, better than Bobby Jones. At his greatest, he was greater than anybody. How would your life be different had you won that match? You know, I, I don't know. In, in golf, because of golf, it, it, because golf is golf, it, it, I don't know if it would have been different. I mean, maybe he would have had, you know, 20 million on his check the next day from Nike instead of 40. Yeah. He might, his life might have been different. I was just going to my sophomore year at University of Florida. Wow. So my life probably wouldn't have been different. You know, I married the girl. Yeah. A lot of people ask, hey. How awesome whoa. is that? <laughs> people, the two, the two most, most popular questions over the last 23 years, what did your hat say? Yeah. Massimo. Pernici. <laughs> and did you marry the girl? And, and I've been happy and married for 20 years. Next week, we'll be together for 25 years. Christy is the best. She's an LPGA teaching professional. We've got two beautiful children you might have seen in the picture before. I, I'm flat out the luckiest guy that, that, can, that like ever lived. Something about Mary. She's got a little of that thing going. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Christy's hot. Huh? I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I, Christy is. Don't get your junk stuck in the zipper. That's all I'm saying. All right, we're going to take one quick commercial break. We come back, we're going to close it up with some We've uh, got a few final... people that are going to disagree with your um, integrity here, and yep. you're going to hear from them. Yeah, there's some people. All right, so listen, hey, we're having a great time. Steve Scott, Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. We're on the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. George, get off your phone. Are you bored right now? George, hey, we, why texted me. We got, by the way, how's the little um, flower shop going? They're not sponsoring the show, so we don't care. Don't forget, guys. Hey, don't forget Thanksgiving's Thursday. Nothing better than a nice flower arrangement the middle of your table. The little flower shop on State Line. You know what? We'll see what happens tonight. We'll him. see what happens if we get a big burst right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> we might be a, a proud new sponsor. 
Right by Pembroke Hill, 55th and State Line. Go pay George's wife a visit. Come on, right, George. Again, again welcome back to Golf Underground. Hey, we're with Steve Scott. We just told a, a, a he told a wonderful story about the about the journey. Um, so you, you came in second. No big deal. Life goes on, and I think I, I think you know. In reality. Um, I'm always intrigued by, you know, how do we all, without getting overly cheesy and, and, and serious here, um, how do you dic- how do you judge I won life? Well, Tiger won life in a different way, right? He made a lot of cash. He's the greatest all-time golfer. <laughs> but but what strikes me with you is how y- you're happy. Like it was this did not freaking. <laughs> Can you believe it? This didn't. No, but this devastates a lot of. It, it, yes. It, yes. It, let yes. me tell you something. Had you gone south. You wouldn't be the first guy smoking crack after an event like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. A, lot, a lot of people, a lot of people think I could have gone the wrong way. Right. But, you know, there, there's really a, a little-known story following the match. Really, what what happened? And you know, I, I guess you know, you know, we we talk about you know, Tiger's gone through a lot of things. You know, on the course, off the course. You know, certain infidelities in life, and uh, you know, so, but alleged, alleged. <laughs> Alleged? Really? You got to side with the Denny's waitress. So, so, but, but I think I, I got to actually say that that I think that I'm, I'm partly responsible for his infidelities. I'm going to tell you why. So after, so after our match, I mean, and I mean, hindsight's kind of 2020, right? So after our match, we're we're in the locker room, and you know, it's kind of courting off. It's you know, you know, it's kind of just us two in there, and we're. We're taking off our shoes, and it's you know it, it's, it was a long, grueling day of 38 holes and you know over 10 hours of golf. I mean, it was it was a serious day, and we're in there and we're just kind of decompressing. It's just whew, you know we're just trying to take a breath, and and you know he he says Steve, Steve, I, I'm I'm turning pro tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign with Nike. I'm gonna make a lot of money. And I'm going to turn pro. I'm going to play Milwaukee next week, and I'm going to go on and play the tour. And I said, I said, well, look, that's great, a Tiger. That's 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 unbelievable. And and you know, I mean, since I gave you such a great run, do you think I I can give you a couple pieces of advice? And he said, sure. And 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 I said, look, look, Tiger. There's a couple things I want you to do out there I, that I think will make you very successful. <laughs> I said, I want you to go out and I want you to make tons of birdies. I want you to birdie every freaking hole you play out there on tour. Beat all these guys. If you do that, you're going to win tons of events. It's like, good. Well, that's good. Well, well, what else? I said, fuck everything else. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to do. Wait, was that an adjective or a verb? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So... (laughs) So I guess that's what he went on to do. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Amazing. Well, listen, hey. All right. Before, hey, blame me for everything. Sorry, Tiger. I, I'm sorry. Blame me for everything that happened. Before we conclude this amazing vodcast, it's now a vodcast, so cheers to that. Um, one of Steve's really good pals wanted to send him a personal message here, and so we thought we'd uh, go ahead and play that as we... Uh, I'll head out into the auditorium. Yeah, it's not, nothing wrong with being second. And this guy hey, is Steve seriously... Scott. Welcome to Kansas City, my friend. I know you wanted to come by the Learning Center and work on your game while you were in town, but I'm just not able to make time for you. I only work with famous winners, not famous runner-ups. Speaking of winners, 
I just had a huge session here with our ladies D-Flight Club champion on how and when not to tell your opponent to move their mark back on the green <laughs> match play. That's a lesson you could have used back in 96. Even though we won't be able to hang out this week, I did leave a note with the bouncer at bottoms up to give you and your crew 10% off the cover charge tonight. So feel free to tear it up on me. Anyway, Steve, have a great time while you're in Kansas City, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> yeah. All right, a little message from CPG. A little gift for you. Uh, <laughs> CPG, you're looking better than ever, CPG. <laughs> but, that's the shirt Tiger was wearing. Oh, he got some new puppy. threads from Woody Austin. That's straight out of that late 90s collection. Let's <laughs> get Woody Austin on the show. Is that good? Hey, that's a good ball striker, Wardo. That's a good ball. All right, well, listen, hey, um, um, we're going to close it up. And so... Um, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. This, All right. this has and, been uh, awesome. Yeah, big round of applause. And, and what we're going to do is, and, and so, you know, we'll close up the program, but then we're going to allow folks to ask, uh, you know, the more legit questions that are, aren't rated G. Um, <laughs> but but it, 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 um, personally, I think what is cool is, uh, I mean, you think of every movie has, you know, you got David and you got Goliath. And I think what's kind of cool about your story is that a lot of us in this room whether it's a club championship or the net club championship, um, right? You kind of represent the regular guy who never got a chance to go up against Goliath, right? And I think that is what is so cool about your story, right? Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's a Thank real you. story. And, and, and beyond it, I think what, what, what the, the real story is, is, you, again, you can, you can be defeated, and what is most important in life is you got that wife, right? She carried your bag, but I guarantee you're carrying her bag a lot more, right? In life. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And you got great Johnny kids. Johnny Miller's nuts about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Johnny is, yeah. <laughs> but listen, I, I think the biggest victory is right now you're winning life. And so God bless him. One more big round of applause. <laughs> Boys, what do you think? Let's open it up for questions. No, no, no. Not Silver yet. This Club is the close. we got to close out the show before we go to questions. That's I good. want the recap. I think it was good. I, you know, Wardo, a little loud and aggressive. Too aggressive. Subtle. Subtle. <laughs> what do you think, Wardo? I tried to take your place from uh, Joel Damon. <laughs> good, Jay. What do you think, George? You didn't say one word, Wardo. Not one. <laughs> hey, go he on ESPN Radio. Big round <laughs> Stop All right. the live show. Breaking